0: But yeah, moving on to the sequel, the first sequel, the Lost World Jurassic Park.
1: That was a um a, a really great uh time, a great era for me in in my Stephen time. Stephen wasn't prepping anything right yet, but but I got a call from his office to come in as he wanted some drawings, and I get there and and he says he says i can't tell you what it is yet but i want designs for a studio it'll be the first studio built since the 20s or whatever you know a movie studio right and i want i want television stages you know with a with a top that opens so you could use sunlight and things and i want the sound stages that are this big and that and a offices and this, you know, and and like architectural stuff. And that was really kind of beyond my scope in a, in a way. And I said, well, can I bring in Rick Carter to help? And so Rick, Rick and I um, start designing a studio, and it was going to be built on Jefferson and Playa Vista um, was one, one design we drew for this enormous thing, and then we ended up, you know, drafting in my moronic drafting way. <laughs> I don't know drafting very well. Draw, you know, drawing uh, a footprint, a floor plan of the whole place, and then of the individual buildings, and the and then elevation sketches of it, you know, like real drafting stuff, and then set sketches of, of it, you know, like uh, architectural renderings and and things, and 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 sometime around then they Stephen announced uh, they announced the birth of dreamworks and that's who the studio was for it was Dream, dreamworks skg him and Katzenberg and geffen and it was just so cool to be a part of that and the and the developers would come we'd show show drawings and plans and thoughts and it would be Katzenberg and Stephen and and uh, I forget the guy's name McGuire, some some of the guy who built uh, like half of downtown, like all the the Wells Fargo towers and everything everywhere. These huge real deal developers and the meetings about that going on. And then, then once DreamWorks was up and running, there was all these other, things coming at us, right? Now, Stephen partnered with Microsoft and Paul Allen. And, and so Stephen has always been a gamer and he had some game ideas that he wanted to develop. So they sent a team from Microsoft to, to work with him and work with us. And we were drawing stuff for, for, for video games and and Stephen was, was starting to do some TV shows. And so there was some of that to do. And somewhere in that mix Stephen started prepping Lost World. He had some ideas, you know, of of these these scenes and and he was he was not, you know, shooting, he wasn't even prepping anything that tightly, so he was, you know, with his family in various places and and we'd get these faxes from, you know, the Greek islands or something, <laughs> this whole big sequence that he drew out, you know. Of mating uh, brachiosaurs or something, you know. So I was like, like, whoa, that, that'd be educational, I suppose. For <laughs> things and um, and in other other scenes, it started to slowly percolate. Oh, and then Stephen also he started uh, with his mom this submarine sandwich place called Dive. That was another thing we would meet there, <laughs> and. And so, with all those those things going, and other other movies and TV shows, he was prepping. You know, there there hadn't been um, <clears throat> a staff art job at a studio since the '60s or the '50s or whatever, when they had a big drafting room. You know, and and a hundred set designers all drafting for this western and this you know biblical epic and this movie and whatever and they were working on all those movies at once and they go from one movie to the next. And in, in that mix was illustrators who would do those projection drawings of the stuff being drafted, you know, here's the Calvary camp and this is the, here's the castle and here's the, you know, and that's how it was for decades. And, and and then that all sort of went away in the, by the seventies and eighties. And so there was no staff job, but in that time, Rick Carter and I managed with all the things Stephen was was bringing into his realm then with dreamworks we managed to work for two years on different stuff we were you know the next best thing to being staff for steven <laughs> his art guys rick and i and it was wonderful it was just i was doing the amblin christmas cards you know <laughs> from, you know and uh and we were, you know, it was it was wonderful. It was really being being part of the Amblin family in a big way. And 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 they, you know, and it was this job to this job to this job, and three days on this one, and two days on that, you know. And and because there was no staff job, we didn't have, but we managed to keep busy with all this stuff for that for that whole time, which was really great. And then so eventually the. You know, Lost World became became the next movie, and and Rick assembled his his art department, and they started crewing up as they as they do, and um <clears throat> and you know and there's a lot of things to juggle for the production designer as to how are they going to do this? How are we going to shoot the you know the RVs dangling off the cliff? You know, and where are we going to do that? How do you make that real and not all just CG awfulness? You know, and how do we things? Well, we'll use the parking garage. You know, I mean, those kind of things. It's like, how how are you going to do that? Well, we've got to, you know, with enormous, you know, um, driven, you know, gun-driven bolts into the tarmac on the roof and to stabilize it so you can dangle this thing off in a crane to make sure you can erase the crane and the things to make sure it doesn't fall on anybody. You know, all these things that just, you know, Stevens enjoying cooking them up and then it becomes, how are we really going to do that and and so rick uh rick carter the production designer decided that as we got closer to shooting he's, he made several of us illustrators um storyboard guys he made us assistant art directors so we were following around the art directors and the supervising art director and um <clears throat> And and making sure all this stuff got made and got done and prepped and ready and and uh, and it was um, it was a tough job and I was really bad at it. I mean, <laughs> it was it takes a a real organized list uh, uh, tasking mind a left brain which I. Mine has was sadly diminished by then, and is even (laughs) the right hemispheres still cooking. But the (laughs) the organizational, I was just terrible at. I mean, I would make lists, and I would sort of forget what was on the list. You know, and you get your few minutes with the production designer or the supervising art director, and they want to know. Oh, you know, what's happening on this stage? What about the carpenters there? When's this coming? Is this there? Where's the grass? Where's the painter? it the thing? and the things and the stuff? And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I was terrible at it. But it was, but it was pretty, it, it was great. It was just great to be on set all the time too. Cause then you you know, you had a, a reason to be there for the whole, the whole shoot. And that's where I, you know, was talking about the way Steven shoots and the way he would, Redo things, you know, from the specific to the generalness of the of the moment, or the opposite, you know. And and I've seen him um, shuffle lines around too. Like he had a certain staging in mind with these actors here, 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 and here, and and the way he wanted to move the camera was different in the script. Who had what line when? right and so he would say no you say that and you say that and you say that instead he swap them around so so as the camera went the you know they were saying all the information you're supposed to know but it's just different people saying you know than was in the script that kind of stuff you know just wing, on the fly knowing that it's still going to work, and nobody's going to know who who says what. Really, you know, as long as you get the information to the audience, they need to know of uh, well, what are we going to do now? I think we should go over there, blah, 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 you know, and pan up and show. Oh, there's over there. That's where they're going. Um, you know, so so seeing seeing uh, seeing Stevens methodology
0: was 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 pretty um, was pretty fun and exhausting. <laughs> it's interesting that he was so loose with the script in that way that he was able to just change it into what he felt like was best that's really interesting that he did it that way
1: yeah uh, not changing you know not nothing
0: said was changed it was just sort of the arrangement kind of yeah
1: that would best suit him you know
0: yeah like finding the right flow kind of thing yeah yeah exactly right one
1: of the takeaways for me from Lost World on set and being the you know an, an assistant art director <clears throat> um I got sort of a sense of of what the the gist is what the meat is of that job of production design, of art directing of creating the world creating a space I had was assigned um a set <clears throat> that was this uh, old pump house set where the the young girl does the gymnastics and kicks the raptor through the wall yeah do you remember that it was i forget who was it was coming after somebody but she ends up climbing up and up and up and she's the gymnast and she does this twirly whirlies and <laughs> a, a like a flying geronimo two-legged kick and uh knocks the raptor through the roof and down on the pipes or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that set uh, was on, was on a stage and, and um, it was kind of a nothing set, but, but I had to oversee it getting finished. Um, it was really tremendous. Right. I mean, I, I knew all the crew um, from the first Jurassic and other stuff with Steven and, you know, and so the carpenters in the, the paint people and the greensmen were these really colorful characters right and and they start at five in the morning right so i would have to get there before them and and just sort of hang out watch as they dressed and the greensmen especially would dress in these vines and and they had this formula or maybe the standby painter had this formula for moss right that was kind of lime green but it was it was a lime green paint with uh, a lot of sawdust in it so it had the the prickly pebbly thing of of moss of mole you know tropical you know and that guy would be flicking it and painting it and and then painting the the wood to be all old and and stuff and and uh and then they you know and then it's all dressed in and it's and it's beautiful and it's an interior so there's no exterior to to look at that isn't outside you know you're inside for that action and then and and i realized then they were done it's ready and then the shooting crew arrives. steven and and first come the grips and the who are bringing in electrical and then other rigging grips are bringing in the lights and then the camera grips they come with, with, with what they're going to need to set up and and they've come the day or two or week before and scouted what the structure is and where they're going to need to hang lights and put stuff and what the shots are going to be based on the boards and based on Steven. And so all that. So, But when the, the set is done and it's, and it's really cool, it's beautiful. I realized that it's that sort of um, pride of place that you have, like when you have a beautiful home or something and you welcome someone into your home and it shows, your taste and your your uh, uh, you, know, you know your your refinement and your effort in, into making this this place and in the case of like that set or in the case of a movie any set it's like the the place that you have made beautiful is the storytelling place right that's just perfect for what that scene those scenes those moments are in in there but you but you open the door and you welcome your guests and they they come tromping through this army of cable pullers and drilling holes and things to run cables okay that's great get out of the way you know (laughs) and they all come in and march and then then it's all set up and steven shows up and 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 starts doing the deed but that but that feeling of uh of, of being proud of, of of a place that you built a place that will tell that story I think that's the what I'm guessing is the gist of 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 the art world of the of the production design art department art directors
0: yeah no, you have that sense of almost ownership of the will of the environment right like it just feels you know like you created this like open door into the story visually yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's
1: no, great. It was uh, it was fun, and it's something you never. I would have never realized that if I hadn't, you know, been on set doing that or helping do that. And as you, know, you just spend your time doing your thing in your desk in your place, you know, you know, what I mean, and and but to have that little, the door crack open a little bit and see see what what the other parts feel like to do. It was pretty fun. difficult
0: oh i can only imagine (laughs) i can only imagine yeah (laughs) but it made it feel that much more real i bet to actually be involved more directly in that process that you know instead of like you said just like you know in your room you know with the pen and paper only kind of thing
1: yeah yeah it did i mean i i always for that very reason i i I think i have always preferred to work at the office there's a lot of a lot of illustrators especially like concept artists or whatever and they they prefer you know once once they get their marching orders from the production designer or the art director whatever they they bury themselves in and do that key frame or do that moment in a painting or do that set with with the you know all that's around it or whatever and that's whatever it takes two three days a week or something to do that but but I've always found the energy of, of the office of the art department, of the production department of, of everybody there is, is just really fulfilling to be a part of that and to really be a part of it by being there. And, and, and you get to know stuff and hear stuff that you wouldn't if you went away for a week to do a painting or whatever, you know, you're storyboarding this stuff and, and you can go ask the art director or, or, get answers on on how big is this place or where's the door or what are you what is it now oh that's changed it's now going to be over here and and it's a hole in the ground or whatever you know so otherwise you'd be at home for the three four days five drawing the thing you come in and it's like oh that changed you know Sort <laughs> of, but here you sort of know you know
0: and, and it makes you more useful that's really cool especially with the the worker village um that you're talking about in the lost world. Like that's actually All right. a very beloved set for fans of the film in the exteriors too, that they did those amazing exteriors on the universal backlot that used to be there. Yeah. Um, they got pushed aside by the war of the world's plane crash. I think eventually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: that's right. Yeah. That was, um, that was fun. That was really, that was really cool. No, that, Um, They they made a very detailed model of it, too, which was beautiful, Um, like literally out of, you know, from scratch. There's a model maker who does everything to scale, perfect sizes, distances, and even as far as, you know, dressing in the greens on a tabletop model, like a train set model looking thing. Um, And that's very helpful. It's helpful for them. The director can come in and and get an instant sense of space and place and and what what the action is where the action can take place that really fun bit in the gas station you know coming in and out and in and out of it was, was brilliant that was really cool and i don't remember how i mean that's the kind of thing you know i i suppose i don't remember if it was thought of ahead of time or it was thought of when it was seen you know um there's a really funny version of that, uh, the Orson Welles movie, uh, Touch of Evil, right? Yeah. I think there's like a Dutch door with the top open and and a window, sliding window, and he's inside leaning out the window, and she's trying to lean in to talk to him as he's leaning out, and he's so nervous that he keeps getting the timing wrong. <laughs> it's just a it's a brilliant moment. It's essentially, you know, like that, like the raptor and Goldblum, you know, in and out and in and
0: out and in and out. <laughs> really? I wonder if Spielberg was inspired by that in terms of shaping that scene, perhaps. Have yeah, right. Probably it past it.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's not anything exactly new. I mean, it's almost like a vaudeville thing. You know, yeah. <laughs> to the thirties or something. Yeah. But when it's done well, it's pretty great.
0: Yeah. Especially in that kind of situation, it almost becomes like a dark comedy in that case <laughs> with a Raptor. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? It's like, you <laughs> nice. could die from this version. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, and it's interesting. Um, Cause you mentioned the big model that was made for that abandoned worker village. And I know the original ending of the movie was supposed to be more focused on that set. Like it had, um, I guess the hunters like running along the rooftops or something like that. But then it didn't have the pteranodons come in at the end um, and kind of peck them off as they try to leave the Island. But then I think it was, you know, late in the game, Spielberg wanted to change it to the San Diego sequence, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Was that how it kind of went down? Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. I'd forgotten about that. There was, yeah, I think we did,
1: do drawings. I don't know that we fully boarded it, but we did some kind of exploratory sketches, you know, waiting for, for Stephen to come draw it or what have you, um, of, of rooftop chase. And, um, maybe that's where that water pump house sort of fit in because it was like right climbing in and up and around. Um, and, yeah and then i I don't know yeah it didn't nothing came of it i I remember um Stephen was uh was was reluctant to bring the dinosaurs to the mainland um just like like I said because then it's it's like it's that's like its own movie that's' like huge and you know and and then what you know, kind of oh dear, <laughs> how do we get out of this now? You know, but the uh, you know Stephen and the writers and probably Rick Carter. I mean, the brain trust of of you know what's the T Rex after what's what's gonna make this just big enough to be a big bang, you know, visually and 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 fun wise, and then how and then how do we get the T Rex back off the off the island? I mean, off the back onto the boat. I mean, that kind of stuff that that all had to be sort of accounted for and all in a row, you know, before, before we launched on adding that, that kicker ending of that. And, and it, it turned out pretty fun. I think, I think at the time, um, the Roland Emmerich movie, um, Independence Day, came out. Yeah, it came out that that summer, I think before we you know before we started filming and I think we started filming that in the fall Lost World but in the summer that came out and and part of its success is that it just did everything it did everything you could ever want to do just unapologetically just like did it you know it's like you punch the alien, you crash the ship, you're flying the ship. The president's a top gun, fight, you know. It's like you find your wife, you you save the world, you do, the, and you do it all on the Fourth of July. Damn it! You know? It was like it was like wow, and just it's so ballsy, you know, and 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 fun, and just fun with it. I mean, Will Smith, I think added a. A real layer of 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 panache and and funniness over it, and uh, just you know, and and after that, it was kind of like, oh my god, you can't not do the big, you know. Now <laughs> you can now got to now we've got to up it, and now we've got to you know what's what do we do? We well, we got to bring the dinosaurs to America, and you know, and. Um, and I think
0: that's where that that's where that was born. That's interesting. Cause it, it does make a lot of sense that the almost pressure from the competition, if you will, kind of inspired the bigger ending than what was originally yeah. planned. That's yeah. really interesting. Oh yeah. And that was
1: such a huge hit. It was just yeah.
0: gigantic
1: and enjoyable too. You know, it was
0: oh just, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just <laughs>
1: dumb. It was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was yeah, you're right. That was kind of the kick in the pants to To move it to to go big go big before you go home
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) no it's interesting because that san diego sequence kind of kind of split the fans in a way in terms of if they like wanted to see that or not kind of like what you're saying like you know it almost feels like a different movie so like why are we why are we doing this now kind of kind of thing so some people did feel that way anyway um you know this despite the you know at the time but um but I personally love the sequence and I remember um you did s- some storyboards of like when the T-Rex is in San Diego and it visits like a kid at his house
1: that's brilliant in the in yeah. the fish <laughs> tank going buff, buff. yeah <laughs> that was so great it was so fun it was kind of you know what you were just saying though about that um feeling tacked on um, uh, on some level, I wouldn't be surprised if that was also Stephen's instincts about it, you know, from the get go, you know, and that that's the downside is, you know, just that, you know. Um, but uh, that does sound logical. You know? But yeah, yeah, that, that there was just <laughs> the dog in the doghouse. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and how do you pay that off without, you know, hurting everyone's feelings that the dog gets eaten <laughs>
0: like, yeah i think it still did upset people but at least he didn't actually see it happening then right it would have been like see, way... the, i think you just <laughs> see
1: the chain hanging from his mouth right yeah. <laughs> and the and the ball the, the big 76 ball yes boom, boom,
0: boom. <laughs> and good product fun. placement
1: <laughs> that was a real they really did that they had the the, the you know mechanical effects Michael Antieri, you know, you just you got to rig that and have it have it weighted just right, and and and, and you know, and and practice it on some, some you know similar asphalt or whatever, you know, and in similar circumstances, and see what you're gonna get, and film that and show the boss, and you know, if it starts here, it's gonna bounce three times and then roll or whatever you know i mean all that stuff is is figured out and so nobody gets you know their toes run over <laughs> or worse <laughs> jeez yeah no kidding
0: <laughs> Crush <Yeah>. a car <laughs> yeah that would do some do some do the deed i know during like the sequence when the rex is at the house like right after he kills the dog um i've read in some places i'm not sure if it's true or if you would know but like after that, the T-Rex crashes into the house, like crashes its head at least, into the house where the kid is. Yeah. And like, did they ever film that? Because people no. some people no, they didn't. Okay. No,
1: I I um I I think I drew something like that. I think the parents were there and 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 I think I vaguely remember something like that. And the <clears throat> snout stops just short of the parents, you know, pinned against the wall or whatever. I think. I think um, after the dog beat the idea of you know putting a kid in that much jeopardy or terrorizing a kid was, was, was probably a mm, nah. It was a little too far. <laughs> yeah, we've done enough with this. Onto the streets of Burbank, where they shot the bus, the bus scene, chasing the bus, and then again that was practical effects on that on that bus. I think it was on a cable you know 300 foot kale or something you know that that's zipping the bus down the street and it's got um uh air rams or pulleys or, or they, they kind of you know kind of a, what do they call that um when it when it sucks in something you know so the so the side is 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 rigged and built inside with these 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 kind of um uh air jets that you know uh, on cue they hit the hit the trigger Stephen says no and they and then they it crinkles the whole side of the bus in right and the yeah. thin glass the breakaway glass you know does its thing naturally with all that impact and and then you you know you just gotta sort of match the dent when you're animating it i suppose match the dent with the
0: t-rex's head <laughs> no that's perfect and, and again that's something nowadays would just be you know cgi mostly yeah which yeah Yeah. losing that realism of having an actual physical item on the set cave in like that um it's so cool <laughs> there there was
1: the scene in the um in the trailer before it goes over the cliff the the t-rex was going to break the windshield out does i think and and yanush the the dp the director of photography spectacularly talented he says well I'll, I'll film it you know he didn't want his guys to get hurt in case something happens and so he's inside the the, <clears throat> the rv with handheld and the t-rex head weighs like two tons you know it's, it's got all this superstructure under it that's 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 you know the whole base of it is a 747 flight simulator you know i mean it's like that much power and and weight and 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 damage it can do and and I remember the the head swings into the windshield and just breaks it out and yano screamed <laughs> it was so real and terrifying it was like bam <laughs> yeah and and one of the you know how RVs have the little doors underneath where you put your stuff or whatever the um,
0: like a storage
1: kind of thing. yeah storage thing you know the door was like three feet square and it somehow snapped off on one take and the, and it's like a hundred feet in the air and the thing snaps up and this steel door comes twirling down like a frisbee. With all the crew down below they're filming The cameras down there there's a, you know there's 50 60 people down there that was that was
0: terrifying
1: jeez <laughs> it was more yeah more fun
0: <laughs> didn't hit anybody thank god oh that's good you probably would have heard about it if if someone did get hit <laughs> god.
1: i would have killed them yeah um yeah it was just great i uh, another set i was uh, myself and john berger an art director So designer, um, we were in charge of the redwoods. We went up there a couple weeks before the shoot, the greens came up, I think the second week. And surprisingly you're in the redwoods, but you still have to dress in greenery, you know, to to actually to make it look primordial, you know, it must've been a gajillion giant ferns they put in there. That was up in um, Humboldt in in various um, locations up there. Like the, Herding scene um, when they're uh, the the hunters are trying to noose the hadrosaurs. I think the hadrosaurs, the ones with the big snorkel head, and they're and they're on ATVs with the with the big hooks or jeeps or whatever you know all those all that cool stuff. That was on a private ranch that had a gigantic meadow. And they would go one way and then turn around and then race back the other way and cover it. and And Stephen was <laughs> I was sitting out in the in the meadow storyboarding on a little army stool folding stool <laughs> i got a picture of that and, and steven comes riding up on a dirt bike <laughs> and he's just checking in make sure everything's okay or whatever and off he goes and it was like like damn man i can't ride a motorcycle <laughs> that's so cool and, and i heard a story he said that when he was a kid he saw like in Life Magazine or something, David Lean making of Lawrence of Arabia, and 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 he, David Lean, the director, who's was riding around on a on a dirt bike in in the in the dunes, you know, just to get around. Like a lot of crew, and Stephen thought, that's the job I want to do. <laughs> so forget
0: being a director. I just want to drive around. And... Well, he wants to do both.
1: Wants to be a director <laughs> yeah. and get to ride a motorcycle. There's a shot. <clears throat> where um i don't know who the hunter is in 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 that um i forget the uh, pulse
0: weight peter pulse yeah he played a role in tembo as the character Tempo. yeah so, there you go yeah. to
1: you, look at you you're like <laughs> i am Derek database
0: <laughs> thank you thank
1: you yeah um well there was a scene where he uh i think it was it just and he missed the shot or something or or the gun jam, or whatever. But he kind of comes walking into camera, and the camera tilts down as he steps in this big T-Rex footprint in the mud that's full of water. And uh, we, I dress that muddy footprint in. <laughs> we're in, we're on the outskirts of I don't know if it's that meadow or some other part of the woods, and. <clears throat> And um, and we had some kids help and schlep up five gallon buckets full of mud from a creek down to because to, there was not naturally mud and there's no you know spigot around to <laughs> to turn on for to make the mud so it was buckets and buckets and buckets and buckets and it took all morning practically to put this little area of mud maybe thirty feet by 10, ten twelve. And Stan Winston's guys had made these, these giant fiberglass uh, feet print, you know, like the T-Rex size and a smaller Gallimimus size, you know, the big three, mm. there's three toed, like the famous dinosaur three-toed footprint. And, and, um, and we were to plop them down in the mud as if there was a track of, the T-Rex ran through here. And mm. and and then Steven said, Well, make it look like he was chasing something, right? So we had those smaller feet print. And Jack Horner was there all the time, right? Jack, the dinosaur expert, right? The archaeologist. Yeah. And he was just the coolest freaking dude ever, man. He <laughs> was just and he was he was very quiet and very, very focused, scientist focused. But this outdoorsman, I mean, rumor was that he he was a lerp. In uh, Vietnam, right. So he comes where we're at, and he, and it was one of the greatest moments of, ever, where he's he stands there and he looks at the at the stretch, right, and he looks around at the bushes and he says, and he lays out this whole T Rex hunting scenario, right. He goes, I I think the T Rex would be behind those trees, those big the big cops of fern and trees, and and when the Gallimimus comes through. He would come out and do you know blah blah, blah and he just laid it and so we we're going with the big feet print <laughs> How was that yeah we make him go that way <laughs> you know and so we had this whole this whole story as yes, per jack of the the hunt of the the hunt from 65 million years ago and uh you know and then it you know it was just used for the one the one footprint the one shot where <laughs> It's like, no. damn
0: it, why didn't you show more of that, Steven? All that effort put into it, <laughs> yeah. You tell him, I'm not right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> there was an early outline that was discovered for The Lost World that depicted Isla Nublar, the island from the first movie, being briefly visited, then blown up. Um, do you remember having to depict that at all, like in your storyboards? No,
1: I don't, I don't remember. Um, I don't remember that. that that being there. Yeah, and that's again, that's like um what does it get you kind of thing. You know, you know what I mean. I mean you got two hours to to in in which was the last one they did Dominion or
0: uh, Fallen Kingdom. Fallen that's Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I
1: mean, it's like that. The ending of that was just so depressing. <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, yeah. it's like no. Like, How did you do that? I've known these dinosaurs for 30 years, Judy, like <laughs> snuffing them out like, uh, I don't know what, like Candy Crush or something. <laughs> you know? like, exactly. Stop. It was, you know what I mean? You go there and then, then what do you got? <laughs> you've yeah. Got a, you've got a Debbie Downer uh, for the next hour and
0: a half. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of fans were upset with the island being you know blown up by the volcano in that case yeah it was very yeah for me it was upsetting too because you know i love the you know like locations there like the old visitor center ruins and the first jurassic world movie it was really cool to see those again and everything so it's just sad to see it all be just burn away (laughs) yeah it's um
1: they do that a lot and in those in the superhero movies too and in in you know in the star wars movies too they always got to do something drastic and tragic to bring some kind of emotion to it it's it's like just stop you know (laughs) (laughs) write some good dialogue that tugs at your heartstrings don't yeah you know don't slaughter everything just to make people (laughs) you look up from their popcorn you know what
0: (laughs) what happened do you remember anything involving um like the Carnotaurs, like like the big horned like T-Rexes that would camouflage, because um, that was in the book, the second book, but I was wondering if they were ever considered for the second movie at all.
1: I don't think so. I, I, I think with, you know, Stephen had the reins of it and he had, he had, I don't know if this was part of it, but I'm just guessing that, spitballing here that in my opinion you know only that in the first one he didn't want he didn't want to depict the 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 dinosaurs like monsters for one not particularly you know they did some monstrous things but but they but it was kind of uh you know nature's way kind of thing It it wasn't you know they weren't diabolical or whatever and and he didn't want to personalize them too much he didn't want it was never the dinosaur's story you know we were never over the dinosaur's shoulder in particular running through you know chasing nothing you know what i mean he won't yeah he he kept kept that objective kept that uh, realism to it and and that I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the thinking of, because then then you're you know like like the, the the two that came after it you're you're making you know some really big you know full blown characters out of these critters and and <clears throat> and you've got to deliver on that in a way you know when you're investing that much in the invention of this thing and you got to kind of know it. I don't know. That would be my guess. And, you know, and do you want to go there? I don't think Steven would want to go there or would want to have at that point, you know, leave that for the next director.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Cause I mean, I guess they eventually did. Cause in Jurassic world, you know, they had the Indominus Rex take on the camouflage capability. So I guess it was another one of those things that just got pushed over to yeah. the next film into someone else. Like you're yeah. saying, someone willing to go there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> The time lost world was being made, and when that came out, he, he, even for Spielberg, um, the the puppets, you know, if, if for for his visual acuity and his performance, um, sort of demands, the, the just in that short period of time, even even the, the the puppets weren't quite cutting it, you know, and so by the time we were doing the third one with Joe Johnston, that was largely the case as well. You know, I don't know if um part of that was the the pressure cooker of the time limit in making a movie. Um there's a the TV show has this continuity of going on and on and on and and so they you know they're around all the time. Everybody is is around all the time on The Mandalorian. So they're able to perfect performance and 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 the John and the guest directors will um, you know, edit whatever it is they want the puppet to do to to limit it to what the guys can do really well, you know. Whereas in the movie there's like no time for anything. And and if it doesn't deliver, you know, bang then, you know, even though they've rehearsed the Raptors moving or whatever, um, there's just there just isn't time to give it. You know even hours to to perfect the performance it's like uh get it out of here with it and cg you know becomes like becomes like that and and the audience's taste um too you know by this lost world um they kind of wouldn't sort of uh, wouldn't go for it you know it was kind of like the the, the puppet performance was too slow and too stiff and not not that crackle of you know uh, uh
0: of great cg yeah, you know, yeah unfortunately yeah sign of the times i guess like different expectations yeah. like you're saying yeah. yeah
1: yeah i think so and then and now it's gone just to the point of of absurdity um <laughs> you know where everything there's just so much of everything because they can do anything in cg so they decide to do everything all at once and and it becomes just like a a big cartoon
0: yeah an animated film
1: practically right yeah yeah Yeah. and there's this um i don't know how to describe it exactly but psychologically i think there's this sort of buffer in our heads that you know it's animated you know as opposed to when when it's a puppet you're you're perceiving it differently perceiving it like because we've seen you know puppets our whole lives in a way and and the imagination works differently i think there's this this slight disconnect when it's cg when it's all cg and when the characters are all cg it's not it's it's, it doesn't it just doesn't have the heart to it you know doesn't have any kind of warmth or connection or or anything resembling reality or humanity you know
0: yeah and with the puppets you can you know you know they're there you know they're in a physical space you know when you see it on the screen whereas cgi it's like there's something like you're saying just in your mind that just knows just something not quite right it's just not really quite there yeah Yeah. so that's interesting
1: i i know what was what was a fun memory also is um i think it's in the making of lost world there's a bunch of cartoons of mine in it yeah yeah like which one of these ate your husband ma'am and it was a <laughs> lineup with oh a, yeah Duckbill and a hadrosaur and a raptor <laughs> yeah. well those drawings um they ended up in uh, kind of the the wall of fame in, in Stephen's conference room. He has a, a wall with all of these framed cartoons of uh, like, you know, when Family Circus, you know, had a cartoon about E.T. or or Mad Magazine covers, you know, that had to do with Steven's films and whatnot. You know, he has those all framed in there. In my cartoons, there's like half a dozen of them framed on that
0: wall. See, there you go. So you go. the man himself yeah, has your is. work around him. Yeah. Very sweet.
1: Yeah. Very sweet Yeah, just being on set and, uh, and being, um, you know, accepted. Of course, and by then, right, like I said, Rick and I had been around Stephen for a couple of years, you know, and so it was really wonderful. It was a wonderful family to be amongst, you know, the King of Hollywood.